A while ago, a client called me and said, why aren't we ranking on the first page for this keyword? We weren't managing their SEO at the time. We were doing other elements of their digital marketing, but we took over their SEO and took them from 200 organic visits a month to over 10,000 visits a month. Here's how we did it. Welcome to uh, another episode of Coffee with Kush. Today we're going back to basics. We're going to be talking about SEO. So let's just start with what is SEO. I've been doing SEO for 20 odd years now and for all intents and purposes I'm going to be talking about Google. For the majority of that time there really hasn't been a competitor to Google. In fact now is really when competitors are starting to appear, see AI and TikTok and you'll understand. But generally speaking SEO's objective or Google's objective has never really changed. It is to deliver the best possible result to that user given their search term and the user. So there are only really two variabilities. The first one is the user and the second one is the search term. So let's talk really quickly about the user. I, as a user, if I'm searching something in Google, I'm here based in Dubai, I'm going to get a different result to you if you're based in wherever, New York, London, doesn't matter. Then the second element is the search term. So for any given search term, there are thousands, millions, potentially billions of results. So how does Google decide which results appear on the first page and then in those primary positions one, two, and three? Well, it mimics real life. It cares about authority. So what's authority? Well, authority is really around who has the most credence around a given topic. So let's put it into real life and, and take an example. Let's say that you are um, billionaires cookies, billionaire cookies in Dubai. And if you've never tried them, you should try them. They're amazing. So. Let's say that you know, uh, a friend comes to me and says, where can I get some really great cookies? And he asks me, where can I get, get great cookies in Dubai? And I say, oh, you should go to Billionaire Cookies. Now, do I have authority when it comes to cookies? I'm going to go with yes, right? So I know cookies for obvious reasons, yeah? Now, what if um, he also asked at the same time our next door neighbor who is uh, a super fit yoga addict and uh, wouldn't touch a carb in a million years? Now, she may also say billionaire cookies, but her authority on that specific topic of food is lower than my authority, okay? So if we turn this now into how Google perceives uh, websites. Let's say that someone searches in Google cookies in Dubai. Now the first three positions are going to be basically those websites or those businesses that have got the most authority. So who how rather does Google determine authority? Well it looks at other websites that are linking to those websites. So let's say that um, the BBC, so the BBC is obviously a really high-ranking, high-authority website, as is CNN, 
Amazon, etc. If those websites link to billionaire cookies, then Google says, okay, well, given that the BBC thinks that billionaire cookies are the best cookies in Dubai, they probably are. And billionaire cookies will start to rank higher. Now, of course, it's really difficult to get um, the BBC or CNN or any of those websites to link to your website. That's really tough. But the good news is that you can almost mimic the results by having lots and lots of smaller websites with good authority scores also linking back. Now, there's lots of dark ways of doing this. We don't touch any of those. Probably a, a separate episode will be around um, black hat SEO. We only do white hat SEO. And we'll talk about the process of what we did for that client um, to get them from 200 to 10,000 visits a month organically. But essentially, it all starts around authority. Can you get the authority score of your website up? Authority is lots of variables as well. So the older your domain name, potentially the higher your authority. Um, the more targeted, potentially the higher your authority. The more, website, uh, the more other websites linking to you, potentially the higher your authority. The more content that you have, etc., etc. So SEO is a critical part of every business, not even just online businesses. I remember when we... Um, when I first started in SEO, I was working at lastminute.com or, or um, a subsidiary of lastminute.com, and, and SEO was almost a third of our revenue at the time. The value of every customer that came through SEO was significantly higher than other customers who came from paid advertising. Why? Because if you were searching for, let's say, car rental in Dubai, and you came to our website, we essentially acquired you as a customer for free. Now, we may also be running Google ads um, or other types of advertising for car rental in Dubai, but if you click on that ad, then we pay for that click, right? So essentially what you've got is the variance between free customers and paid customers. Free customers obviously deliver a higher profit for every booking that they make and potentially have a longer um, lifetime value as well because they're going to constantly engage with your brand. So that's obviously true for e-commerce businesses, but it's also true for non-e-commerce businesses in the B2B space. Let's say that you uh, do mining equipment, okay? Well, if you have potential partners or potential suppliers and they're searching for your brand on Google and they can't find you, in their mind, your authority is lower. Conversely, we have a client that works in uh, quite a niche part of um, the travel industry called travel representation. Essentially, they, they represent other businesses um, around the world in the Middle East region. And if you are anywhere in the world and you search travel representation company Middle East or travel representation company Dubai or travel representation company Saudi Arabia, their website will always be in the top few results. That's because we do their SEO to make sure that they're always ranking well for, um, for that niche. Okay? And then if you're, let's say that you're the um, business development director for the Middle East of Hilton Hotels, and you search, you're looking for a travel representation company, and you search travel representation companies in the Middle East, there's our client. And by the way, the majority of their business comes this way. 
right? So SEO is super important. It's super important for businesses and it's super important for growth. It's super important as well for the valuation of your company. If you're looking to exit your business at any point, then knowing that you, know, you are ranking well for your, for your main keywords is, is super valuable for potential um, buyers or potential investors. So how do you do it? Well, let's go back to our client that we took from 200 to 10,000 um, visits a month. Firstly, there's no shortcuts. This doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a month. It takes time and it takes a lot of effort. Now, there are many people or individuals or companies who will say, oh, we'll get you a million backlinks. I promise you that's the easiest way to get your, your site blacklisted. Uh, it is a disastrous approach and never do it. Okay, there, is, there are two elements to SEO. There's white hat SEO, which is essentially just doing the right thing to help Google make the right decision for the rankings, which is obviously what we do. And there's black hat SEO where you can do hacks and tricks and you may get results for a very short period of time, but the long-term uh, impact is disastrous. So never take those approaches. So how did we do it? We start with a website audit. Okay, so there are two basic elements to, to SEO. It's called on-page and off-page. On-page is the website itself, the technical elements, sometimes called technical SEO. Some elements are really easy, some are quite difficult to do. The first things that are easy, you know, is just making sure that all of your content is structured well, easy to read, tagged properly, things like that. The, the more difficult things are things like page speed. And, of all of the technical elements at the moment, page speed is, is the most important. So, um, you know, page speed is a really uh, important element. And there's some other elements to SEO, particularly like mobile first, making sure that your, your website is loading properly at the right speed for mobile devices, because mobile first is, is a reality now. I remember when it wasn't a reality. I remember when we were trying to understand how to become, how to just serve mobile users back in the days of WAP. If anyone remembers WAP, I'm aging myself, but um, that was a challenge. Trying to understand how to actually deliver content over such slow connections was crazy. And then very quickly, you know, things moved from being desktop first to mobile first. And so really mobile first is a critical element of, of SEO right now. Once you've done like the on-page stuff, and normally you'll have an in-house developer or you'll have a partner who's doing that, and you can guide them as to what it is that you want, but essentially most competent developers, most competent website um, development agencies will be able to understand. If you just say to them, listen, we need to make sure that our site is SEO optimized, they'll understand and they'll be able to deliver those technical results. And once that's done, there is some updating, but generally speaking, that's it, that's done. The much, much harder part is off-page. Off-page SEO is really around getting those backlinks, right? So a backlink is a link from one website to your website. Now you notice links, normally if you're reading a blog post, there's some text and that text is the link. That text is called the anchor text, anchor text, okay? So what you really want is other websites to link to your website for the anchor text of the keyword that you're trying to rank for. So, in the case of billionaire cookies, they want people to write best cookies in Dubai and then those words link to billionaire cookies. Does that make sense? I'm pretty sure that makes sense, right? So, 
one of the main elements, one of the main ways of doing this is just lots of content. And that's after we'd done the initial audit of, of our client, we analyzed it. We, they had an in-house development team. We sent them a list of things to do. They did all of that. And um, that was really helpful. Then what we uh, embarked on is content and outreach. Lots and lots of content. So we would create lists of keywords. Now those keywords, we would normally start, th this particular client, their authority score wasn't particularly high. It wasn't zero, but it wasn't particularly high. So it was really tough for them to rank for that keyword that he'd originally been asking for because it was a really competitive keyword. So what we did was we started to look at keywords around that keyword, okay? And oftentimes that'll be questions. And you can, there are lots of tools you can search to, to find questions around a specific keyword. And you can see the volume of searches. And normally those keywords, which are questions, have a lower competition score. So it, it's easier. A competition score goes from one, super easy to rank for, to 100, super difficult to rank for. So one might be, uh, why is Aziz Musa doing a podcast on Kush Digital on a Saturday in Dubai? Because nobody searches for that, right? And a 10, uh, sorry, a 100 might be Christmas gifts. That's gonna be a super high, super competitive keyword. So what we're looking for are keyword, um, keyword difficulty scores that match the domain authority. Not in terms of number, but there's like a, a balance between the two, yeah? So it's very difficult for a, a, you know, a site that has a domain authority of, let's say, 15, to rank for a 99 keyword, 99 keyword difficulty keyword. So we'd be looking for things around the 30, 40, 30, 40 mark, really. Questions tend to have a lower keyword difficulty. So we sort of created keywords, lots of them were questions. A lot weren't questions as well, some were location-based things. Um, and once we got all of those keywords, for every single keyword, we wrote a blog specifically for that keyword. So we would take a keyword, we'd write the entire blog, we would structure that blog. So there is a structure when it comes to SEO too, when you're writing content. Where the keyword goes, how many times it's repeated, making sure the images are tagged, uh, are um, titled and alt text with the keyword. There are lots of little variables. If you're using um, WordPress, you can use um, SEO Yoast, that will help, um, it's a free plugin. So SEO Yoast will help just guide you as to what little elements you need to do. Eventually, it becomes innate. You make sure the metadata is right, you make sure that the blog title is correct, and all of those things. And then, we would publish that content. Now, a word on volume, the volume of content. So, we're fortunate, we happen to have a large team of content creators and a large SEO team, so we were able for that client to do a blog post a day. That's 30-ish blog posts every month. That's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of content, okay? Now, there is a limit to how much you can do. If you're a brand new website and you're chucking out that much content, you may get flagged by Google as, is this potentially spammy, all right? On the flip side, other companies will come in and they'll create you know, thousands of blog posts in a month using AI. Uh, that's a, that is potentially disastrous. You could absolutely get um, flagged on your website for creating spammy content. So there is a balance there, but we find that we never really come across any issues all the way up to 50 blog posts a month 
typically, even for newer websites, we won't come across many issues. So that's obviously a lot of work, a lot of grunt work. But once we've done that and we've created that content and it's being released every day, that content then, of course, gets distributed across social channels. So uh, every post will go out across every channel. We have a separate team, which are the outreach team. So we use SEMrush, uh, which is a great tool. And in our, um, in our Guru license of SEMrush, we can do backlink outreach. So backlink outreach essentially means what we do is we take that keyword that we've written a blog for, we pop it into SEMrush, it tells us all of the sites that are ranking and talking about this specific topic. Then within SEMrush, we contact those website administrators. Um, most of the time, SEMrush can uh, decipher an email for you. Sometimes you have to go and search it out yourself. And we say, we noticed that you wrote about product or you know, topic X. Um, we also have a blog about topic X. Wouldn't it be great if you link to our topic? Now, we'll do that for thousands. We'll do outreach to thousands of websites. And honestly speaking, the conversion rate is really, really low. 1%, maybe 1.3%. But every link is valuable. And that's why we do that outreach. It's so important to do that outreach. Sometimes for clients, we'll also engage in guest uh, blog posts and we will write blog posts for other websites and then link back to our website. That way we're always gaining some authority. Yeah, none of those are the BBC. That's like the holy grail. You want like CNN to write an article and tag you and it's like boom, everything's great. And by the way, for one of our clients we were able to do that but it was to do with a specific event that they had learnt, uh, launched. But generally speaking for most people that's not a realistic option and so grunt work, effort, is what you really need. So that's how we do it. Um, it took months, right? But it's a gradually improving process. We went from 200 visits a month to 300 to 800 to 1,000 to 1,500 to 2,000 and on and on and on until uh, at the moment they're getting more than 10,000 visits a month purely from organic search. Now, that translates to, in this particular case, millions of dirhams of revenue. All right, so it's a really, really important thing to do. It takes time, it takes patience, and you have to just do the right thing. Google's algorithm is a game. The game has rules. You can't break the rules or there's consequences. But if you play within the rules, you can win at the game. All right, so that's really the, the main message when it comes to SEO for smaller businesses. Um, anything else that I've missed uh, before I get to Q&A? So we've got people who uh, have sent us some questions specifically on uh, small business SEO. If you've got any questions for a future podcast or any topics you want us to cover, you can email us, contact at kush.digital, contact at kush.digital, and we will try and cover it off in a future episode, and we'll tag you when the episodes get released. So uh, let's look at some of these questions that we've got. All right, so the first one is from Amir, or Amir, Amir, who's the marketing manager at, um, you know, I'm not going to say company names in case their bosses are listening, but let's just call it a tech, a tech startup. So he asks, uh, how do we effectively optimize our website for SEO when competing against larger, more established tech companies? Great question. If you are competing in, firstly, a competitive market and you're a small player, and you're trying to rank for that massive keyword, I mean, you should try, but it's not gonna happen very quickly. The best thing to do is to look around the topic, 
right? So let's um, you, you take any you, you take your industry and then you talk and then you find the topics that people are talking about around that industry, right? And you take those keywords and the topics that people are talking about around that topic, and you find the the keywords that have um, low to moderate difficulty score. And that's where you write content. So you write all of that content for those low to moderate keywords. Now, over time, what you can start to do, as you start to rank more, you can start to choose m slightly more difficult keywords, right? And you'll find that if you do that, if you go through that process and choose slightly more difficult keywords six, eight months, nine months later, you'll start to rank for those keywords too. So it's a, it's a continuously evolving process. Thank you, Ayman, for that question. Next is from Fatima who's a content strategist at, um, let's call it, a well-known gym chain. What are the best practices for balancing keyword-rich content with engaging reader-friendly material in our industry? Okay, look, those two things are, are not mutually exclusive. They are, in fact, exactly the same thing. So, keyword-rich and friendly user-engaging. Let's switch it around, it has to be friendly and user engaging. That's the most important thing. There is no value in writing content that is just generic BS, yeah? You really have to engage the audience and they have to want to read the content. That's way more important than anything else. Then you start to integrate your keywords. And it can be difficult, particularly with questions, right? So you may have quite a long question. Let's say, that, let's say that that question was a keyword. So that question was, what are the best practices for balancing keyword-rich content with engaging reader-friendly material in our industry, okay? So in that case, that's gonna be a challenge to get that whole keyword in the content. But the way to do it is to um, use it in the H2 and H3 tags. So people are more likely to skip over the, the, the titles if they're reading the content in depth. So that's one way of doing it. Let's take a couple more. Um, so uh, Yasmin, who's the CEO of a, um, a very, like basically startup uh, e-commerce business, um, and she's based in Saudi Arabia. So, um, and she asks, can you suggest some cost-effective SEO strategies for e-commerce sites that have limited budgets and want to increase organic traffic? Firstly, that's a great way to start. The fact that you framed the question as, I'm limited on budget and I want to increase organic traffic is really important for a startup because you've got to start early, okay? The same thing as before. In your space, which is um, basically they say, sell uh, bespoke handmade candles, um, so in her space, the easiest way to do that is to list out all of the gifting occasions that exist, right? And then make some up. So you've got thousands of gifting occasions. Uh, Mother's Day, mum's birthday, sister's birthday, niece's birthday, nephew's birthday, uncle's birthday, etc., etc., etc. And you pick one of those and then you, cr and you create keywords or you, you search the volume of keywords for like variances of those gifting occasions. So you may have something like, what are the best handmade gifts for an uncle's birthday? And that will have a really low keyword volume, but equally it will have a really low keyword difficulty. And you create content around there. You can't just talk about your brand though. You've got to talk about other brands, link to other brands, but make sure that your brand is 
front, center, and in there. And even if they don't buy on that occasion, on that visit, it's there in the subconscious, they're gonna come back to you. Thanks, Yasmin. Laura, who is a digital marketing manager at um, an NGO. In the context of nonprofits, how can SEO be used to increase awareness and support without significant advertising budgets? Same same principle, right? Firstly, how does it, the, the question is how does it increase awareness? I think that, you know, SEO is one of the most valuable tools for driving awareness. If you think about the buying cycle where awareness is like the beginning, SEO is so valuable for that because you're essentially able to position your brand in front of lots of people for free. I mean, sort of for free. Over time, the number of people who are engaging with your brand increases and you're able to talk about a variety of topics around your industry. So it's super, super valuable, um, and particularly for, uh, for, for, for driving awareness. And when it comes to awareness, you know, you've got lots of advertising options or lots of paid ad options, and depending on what your objectives are and how quickly you want to uh, address those objectives, you could, you could use those. But generally speaking, um, SEO, I think, is a super high value, high, very cost-effective way of um, of achieving great brand awareness. All right, last one, Khalid, who is a he's a freelance web developer. What are the most critical technical SEO elements that web developers should prioritize when building or updating websites for clients? Uh, page speed, then page speed, then page speed. Page speed is critical. There are lots of technical markers in the algorithms, lots of them, and they change all the time, right? But page speed has always been and will always be a primary marker for any website, okay? So making sure that your page loads uh, efficiently on mobile devices, in particular on mobile devices, because page speed is much more difficult to achieve on mobile devices than the website. So that's where I would focus like 70% of my energy in terms of technical SEO, I would focus on, I'd focus on page speed. So there are simple things that you can do. Um, there are simple things that you can do to, uh, to improve your page speed in terms of images and videos and content on the site. And then there are much more complex things to do uh, as well. All right, so that's covered everything that we wanted to talk about in terms of um, SEO for, for smaller businesses uh, and how to get started in SEO for your business. Uh, we're going to be doing um, more podcasts coming up with Coffee with Kush. And uh, if you've got any topics, you can email us at um, contact at kush.digital. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can also contact us. And if you're obviously, if you're looking for a digital marketing agency that makes an impact, we are Kush Digital.